hopefully you'll be able to see the Bible verses. So today I'm talking from um, Romans eight, uh, Romans ten eight to seventeen. In fact, it says the message is very close at, at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So our faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So Derek's preaching on this down at Deeran, so if you want to hear another version, you can listen to that later. Um, I'm going to read that passage again at the end, because hopefully it will tie up all my loose ends. But, But I stand before you this morning, and I hope that you know some of my theology, and as you... Um, know me more I hope that you you know that it's not just me but I'm actually living it I guess um, if I'm if I'm inconsistent or act differently to what my words are um, then I really don't believe what I say that I believe it says this message uh, was it verse 9 it says If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's not just a rote learning exercise or a rehearsed statement or a memory verse. This has to be in our hearts. It has to be who we are. Jesus is Lord. God raised him from the dead and he has saved me. He saved you. He is the only way that I can be saved. He's the only way that you can be saved. So, in fact, this um, message that I'm talking about today is actually scrutinising me, not you. So, I'm looking at myself and not at you. How does this message fit in my life? Is this message very close at hand? And is it on my lips and in my heart? And is this message about faith, is that what I preach? We're called to live this message out in the flesh. Not because it's demanded, but called because the Son of God, in his love and kindness, made a way by dying and rising again for you and for me. It's a response from us to an amazing act of grace, mercy and humility 
by the loving Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what's the message? What is the message that we're called to preach? So this message that is close at hand and on our lips became real to me when I went to Bible college in South Australia. The reason I'm so passionate about the gospel, the cross or the message, whatever you want to call it, is because it changed my life. I thought I was a Christian. I thought I lived a Christian life. I thought God was impressed by me. God even healed me. He did things in my life and I was convinced that he was God. But I'd never had it in my heart. It was on my lips. I grew up in a, in a Christian family and I believed Jesus was Lord. I believed that God raised him from the dead and I believed that he saved me. But I didn't live it. I thought I was living it, but I didn't live it. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was good in my own eyes. I was very good in my own eyes. I even had charismatic experiences of healing and I spoke in tongues, played church on the weekends. In theory, I had the tick. But in practice, I was inwardly angry and unsatisfied and a legalist and very judgmental. But life went on and I always strived to do better and I was judging others. As long as I was doing a bit better than someone else, I was good, right? No. At Bible College, I had to write this essay on James 2. And uh, James 2 talks about favouritism, showing favouritism to to people and it being a sin. And then it goes on to say this. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. It's like, ouch. It's like a punch in the guts. So how can we be saved? More importantly, how could I be saved? Because I knew I'd stuffed up. I knew that there was things that, that I wasn't doing that were right. I was showing favouritism, but there was much, you know, there's many things that I was doing. This was my immediate reaction to this revelation to me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. So I felt. I felt absolutely miserable because I knew what I was really like. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I realised how sinful I was. All those so-called little sins count. If we're counting sins, and I was counting sins, they count. But the scales fell off my eyes and it just really revealed who I, who I was and what I was like. I was a rotten sinner with no way of being saved except through Jesus Christ. And it wasn't about counting sins or comparing myself. My life needed to be put to death. All my strengths weren't strengths. They were weaknesses because I wasn't needing God when I was strong. I only needed God to help me get stronger in my weaknesses so then I wouldn't need him anymore. But Jesus is Lord. God raised him from the dead and he has saved me. 
Go back to that, the top of that message that we're reading today. The message is very close at hand. It's on your lips, in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And so finally, I believed in my heart that he saved me, not me, not me saved me. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. That is the message. That is the good news. That is the gospel. That's the fantastic news. That's the answer, Jesus Christ. And we could leave it there, but the cool thing is to actually see this in practice, to see the gospel message in the real, in our lives. That's what Romans 1 says. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son, In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And then we're going to skip down to verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So now I come to this, I've come to this understanding of the good news. When I was at Bible college, writing that essay really just cemented it for me. This good news, it's the power of God at work. It's life-changing. I've been set free. And I'd had to reread all the scriptures in a different light. I used to always read them with a challenge that I had to get better at it. But now that challenge, it's a sting for us because it's about our glory. But now it is, thank God, the answer is Jesus Christ. And now I'm driven by the love wanting to obey the law, not driven by the law trying to do everything in my own strength. So I thought, okay, I've read it. I've believed it. It's on my lips. It's in my heart. God, show me how this works in the real. Show me this message in the real. What is this power at work? In um, Romans 16, it talks about this, this power of God at work. What is that? This word power in the Greek is actually dunamai or dunamos, which is from where we get dynamite. I wanted to see some dynamite. I wanted to see this word G 
Jesus in action that saves lives, that puts our lives to death and raises us to life again. So hopefully this next story will illustrate a little bit of this power at work. It was a real hard hard move for us to come to St George. We had three teenage girls. We don't have three teenage girls anymore, they've grown up. <laughs> um, to put it plainly, we didn't want to be here, but we knew beyond a doubt that God wanted us here. One of our girls was always a good communicator with me, and you got the good, the bad, and the badder. And so through all the turmoil of leaving friends and trying to make new friends, and the stinking bore water when we arrived, there were many rants and illogical and irrational and unreasonable emotional messes. And I would regularly have these conversations that escalated into shouting matches. Don't get me wrong, I was as bad at dealing with this as what she was. And here's where I wanted to see some dynamite, not on the outside because I was already getting that. I wanted to see some dynamite on the inside that changed lives. So it got to the point where all I had left was God and his gospel message. I didn't think I'd get through it without being emotional today. That's what the gospel message does to me. I was done in my own strength. I had nothing. I couldn't fix these emotional explosions. I couldn't fix my life. And it was like God said, just tell the gospel message. I had nothing else. So I just shoved it in there. So one night, as the escalator was going up, emotions were building, I started simply by saying, you know that you're safe because of what Jesus has done, not by how many friends you have. And it was like a wet blanket was just put onto the out-of-control fire. But the power wasn't dynamite on the outside, it actually imploded on the inside to something wonderful. And so we could pray and we were both encouraged by God's love and grace. Didn't make the problems go away, but there was this amazing peace that just was inward dynamite. So the next time the escalator was heading up, I said, you know you aren't a Christian by how smart you are and God loves you through what Jesus has done and the power continues to do its work in both of us. And it still does today. And the next time was something like, you know that Jesus doesn't love you because you have it all together. And week after week these conversations were infused by this message. You know that it's not how pretty you are or how much you weigh that puts you right in, God's, in, in a right relationship with God. And there are many more times that I've told this message, this message that, we've, that it's about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And, and I've seen it in some of you guys too. Where you talk about this message, I've seen it in my life when you tell it to me. This message of Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead and he has saved us is powerful and it's always on our lips, in our hearts. And I still need to be reminded of it today. 
daily. It's like it takes the sting out of life and replaces it with peace and joy. And it's like instantly, because you're brought back to the message of what Christ has done. But it's not just an experience that worked so I used it. This is theology that has power. This is a loving God that is all-powerful and has made a way for us to be in a right relationship with him. By him, through him and from him. This is the message. This is the good news. And we have beautiful feet. That's what it says, isn't it? How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. You didn't think your toes were so sexy, did you? (laughs) Um, Verse 16 says, But not everyone welcomes the good news. One Corinthians one eighteen says, "The message of the cross is foolish. Well, the message of the good news is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. It's offensive. We have been put to death. We have been born again. It's offensive because it's not about us. It's not our glory or our strength." But it's all about Christ. A weak message. It's illogical, it's irrational, it's unreasonable. But it's implosive power. It's dynamite. It's not attractive. That's what Isaiah 53, 1-3 says. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? His servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. There's nothing attractive about Jesus to the world except that he's the only answer that we have. I just want to touch real briefly what having this message on our lips and in our hearts can look like in a day-to-day life. Imagine, you know, it might be hard, imagine if someone is an idiot, illogical, unreasonable. It's not possible to imagine that. (laughs) And just needs to grow a brain. Maybe somebody at work or maybe somebody at home, but we won't go there. We, remind, we need to remind ourselves that they aren't saved by their works and their achievements or even their brain. They will only ever be saved by Jesus Christ. Don't place something on them that makes them try and reach a standard that you've never had to reach. You and I are saved by Jesus, right? We can try, try and make others... Jesus plus stopping this, doing that. But the answer is that we have been saved by Jesus and everybody else who comes to Jesus is saved only by Jesus, not by pulling up their socks or doing anything super or getting themselves sorted. It's through Jesus. And then when we come to the last bit of our passage, which talks about 
Verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So how do people come into a relationship with Christ? By hearing this message, by us living this message. We need to be reminded about this message that's on our lips and in our hearts daily so that we can see his explosive power and not our own glory. It's, in, it's not in our own strength. It's his glory. It's displayed through his message. A weak message, but absolutely explosive. Let's read through the passage again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Let's pray. Father, we we love your message. We want to hear your message more and more. We want to know more about what you've done for us. Your saving act upon the cross. Father, I just pray that your message would be constantly in our hearts and on our lips in all that we do. That your peace that transcends all understanding will just come and take over our lives. Father, make this message dynamite in our lives as we go from here. Make it powerful, not in our strength, but in your strength and in your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.